Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, since we're a betting show and there's not a lot going on right now, in fact, there's nothing going on right now in the NFL and the Denver Broncos, DraftKings unveiled some team specials, and we'll highlight some from the Denver Broncos. So to give you an idea, these are prop bets, proposition bets, where there's a given outcome that needs to happen for the bet to hit. So, for example, the first one that's listed is Jerry Judy to have 75-plus receiving yards and 8-plus regular season games. That's at minus 140. Not a lot of value. And as everybody who listens to us knows, we, we do talk about value when we talk about placing bets um, just because that's that's what we're here for, right? We're trying to maximize our value, get the most out of every bet that we make. That way we're not uh, <laughs> just throwing money around willy-nilly. And yes, I do like the term willy-nilly for that, uh, whoever this willy-nilly person is. But it, it's, it's an interesting, I will say that's an interesting prop to look at simply because to me, if Jerry Judy's getting 75 plus receiving yards in eight or more regular season games, that could that could mean two things. One, Jerry Judy's having a really good year and and Russell Wilson's having a really good year and we should be excited about that. Or two, the Broncos are playing from behind a lot and having to throw the football a lot and, and that's not as exciting. That's not as an exciting proposition, if you will. Get it? Prop bet, proposition. I just I couldn't resist myself. Uh so 
that that particular bet as an indicator to me, if we're going to talk about the Denver Broncos and and what they're going to be in this uh, 2023 season, it, it it has two potential outcomes in in my opinion. Right, uh, one is things are good and Jerry Judy's having a great season and and Russell Wilson's having a great season and the Broncos offense is flying, or the flip side of that. Uh, things are bad. The Broncos are always playing from behind. And yes, that's good for people who have Jerry Judy on their fantasy football team, but not so great if you're looking at wins for the Denver Broncos. I I would like to think it's the first one and not the last one in those two scenarios, but I I can't necessarily uh, promise that. Now, I will say we have already covered some of these bets just in general. Uh, and you and I talked about this. We live in slightly different markets. I'm in the Midwest. I'm in, I'm in Illinois. You're in Colorado, right, right next to where the Denver Broncos play, obviously. Uh, and sometimes we have noticed that there are bets in my market that don't match up with bets in your market. And so there may be a, a, a time when we talk about a bet here or there or, or, or something that uh, I'm seeing that you're not seeing or that you're seeing that I'm not seeing. Uh, I think the, the, Last time we had something like that pop up, we were simply talking about bets. I think it was a Nuggets bet, and uh, it was in your market, but it wasn't in mine, which was disappointing because I really wanted that bet. I believe it hit, and I didn't make any money on it. So, you know, what a bummer for me. But uh, just to just kind of bring us back to the Denver Broncos, the, 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 the one that I know we talked about in a previous show, and I'll just bring it up here, was Russell Wilson uh, plus 500 passing yards in any individual regular season game. And that one currently sits at plus 1,200. Uh, I don't know what it was when we talked about it before. I'm sure someone will either remember it or not remember it. I don't care. Uh, That one to me seems like not a terrible bet. I might throw some money at it. If I haven't already, I'll have to look at my bets because I may already have done so. The one that stands out to me is Russell Wilson, 4,000 plus regular season passing yards, Jerry Judy, eight plus regular season receiving touchdowns. That's plus 300. Now, it's not as good as plus 1200, obviously. And depending on how much you bet, like if you put 10 bucks down, you're going to win 30 bucks. So 40 bucks. So, yeah, the number's not there. bad. So, I, I think that that's the one that stands out to me as the most likely to happen in all of this. There's another one that says Russell Wilson, 275 plus passing yards in eight or more regular season games. That's plus 300. Any Denver Broncos player to have 10 plus regular season rush or receiving touchdowns plus 450. I don't know who that player would be. Maybe Samaji Pirine, if he can get his hand healthy. Maybe Javante Williams, if he can come back from his ACL. Tim Patrick, maybe. Yeah. So I, I can see that. Cortland Sutton, if he's right. I mean, if he's back to the the old Cortland Sutton form, I could I could see that maybe. So it, it, as you mentioned, a lot of this is going to depend on your market. So Adam's in Illinois. I'm in Colorado. There's obviously differences between the, these markets. There could be in New Jersey. New York, New York will be incredibly limited. There's Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Michigan, Arizona. I'm sure I'm missing other states. Sure, yeah. I can't think of any. But Iowa, Iowa, Iowa has Iowa, it. Right next door, yeah. Indiana. 
Oh, Indiana. I forgot about that. And you know so what I run it, into? It'll it'll vary depending on your market. So just make sure that you check to see and and see what your 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 state and your regulators offer because it'll vary by state as we have just discussed. Absolutely. You know, there was another bet that I wanted to to bring up, and it's it's not under team specials. Uh, it is. I'm trying to I think it's under player futures, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it was most passing yards for a quarterback. And obviously the the top of the list is Patrick Mahomes at plus 300. You've got uh, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts, all on the list ahead of Russell Wilson. Uh, the, the, the best odds on there, Jalen Hurts at plus 2,800. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at plus 300. After Jalen Hurts at plus 2,800, you have Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo all at plus 3,500. If you're putting money on Jimmy Garoppolo to do this, don't. Just turn your phone off. Walk away. Send it to me. Yeah, just just send them, you know, put it in an envelope, whatever you want to do. That's fine. But I will point out that Russell Wilson at plus 3,500, if you're looking for value, to me, that's a pretty good value bet. And the reason I say that is when you go back and look at, at Drew Brees' career under Sean Payton, seven times, and I know that's not a majority of his career, but remember who was playing during those years. You had uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and you, you had a lot of passing yards being thrown during that era. He led the league seven times in passing yards. That's a big number. That's that's a lot of yards thrown. And obviously, Drew Brees is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, he, he was what some people might call a stat compiler. I kind of find myself in that particular spot sometimes. But if you're betting on stats, compiling stats is a part of it. Russell Wilson playing in Sean Payton's offense, to me, there's an opportunity there. So I look at that plus 3,500 and I think, well, you throw a dollar on that, you win 35 bucks if it hits. You throw $10 on that, it's 350 if my math is right. And if it's wrong, you let me know because I am not a math teacher. But that's when we talk about value, that's one of those things where I go, yeah, I'll, I'll put a, a dollar on that or $2 on that or or whatever you're comfortable with, knowing that probably not going to hit because look at the top of that list and all of those offenses that have proven that they can do it. But the the money you get if it does hit, if Sean Payton is able to maximize that, that to me is why that has good value. And maybe it's a better bet next year but this year in particular, it's certainly got, uh, there's a lot of money behind it. It's another one of those instances where you listen to your gut. And if your gut tells you to do it, you do it. It's the risk reward too, when it comes to gambling, what's the risk, what's the reward. If it's a dollar to win 35, it's very, I mean, obviously it's going to vary and it's subjective on risk reward, but as you said, do what you're comfortable with and listen to your gut. And that that's all and finding the value being in this industry for over three years now, that's the key. That's what the sharps do. They try to find the number that brings the value. They're trying to take advantage of the number the books have to give them the best, the best value for that specific bet. Now, obviously it's most of the time it's on uh, spreads and totals, 
but there's a way to do it with props too, because as I've said repeatedly, and I've said it on the show, props are eventually going to overtake sides and totals because people are going to realize the fantasy research that they're conducting right now can give them an immediate payoff when it comes to props. Well, and that actually is interesting because it comes back to the whole original FanDuel, original DraftKings, daily fantasy or weekly fantasy stuff that you were doing, uh, that a lot of us were doing uh, and still do, where you're building a team trying to get those those you're literally looking for those props. You're literally looking for those, those single game parlays and for the, you're trying to piece that together. So your research, like you said, is already pointed in that direction. Now it's just applying it to something that's a little bit more targeted. It's not a full team that you're putting together or whatever it might be. It's more of uh, these three players are going to do these three different things. And you see that happening and, and it can be just yards. It can be yards and touchdowns. It can be a lot of, you know, there's a plethora of options out there. So it isn't something that's really foreign to a lot of people who are already doing the, the, the legwork for this. Now it's just applying that legwork in a slightly different way and hoping for good outcomes. And again, the house is what the house is. The house wins most of the time, and that's something that you have to accept when you're going into this. But some of these these props, like I, you know, I again, I look at that Russell Wilson plus 3,500 to lead the league in passing yards, and I go, God, how do you not just take a flyer on it? The the payout you get is so high. That, to me, based off of doing a little bit of research and looking at Drew Brees' history with Sean Payton and Sean Payton's offenses and what they've done, a flyer on that doesn't seem like it's too far-fetched. Now, if you were going to have me do that with somebody like, say, Aaron Rodgers, who's going to the Jets, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has a history of that, but uh, am I confident in what's going to happen in New York with the Jets? Probably not as much, but again, the value's there. Maybe you take a flyer on that one as well. I probably wouldn't take a flyer on Patty Mahomes simply because the value's not there. You know, the same dollar that you bet on Patrick Mahomes nets you $3 versus $35 when you're betting on Russell Wilson for the same thing. Maybe you hit more often with Patty Mahomes. That's why the number is less. But where was the value? Was it really worth your time in that way? So that's the other thing that I kind of like to think about when I'm going through this. Any other bets that stand out or ideas that you you might have going into the season? I'll just throw out Pat Sertan at plus 4,000 to win defensive player of the year again. Just just one more time to mention it. Um I've already I've already got my money on that one, so no need to be concerned about where my money is. It's on that. It's ready to go. Uh so 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 I agree with you on that one. Um Let's 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 adjust a little. Let's shift gears, if we will. We'll do a little little slide around because there was an interesting, uh, you know, sort of article that came out, and we've talked about this part of the Denver Broncos um, and and the organization's history many many times. And and I think it was Cecil Lammy and 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 Mace Andrew Mason who was you know friends of the show, right? Uh, they had was it an article, a segment? I just I just literally just read the title and went, yeah, I have an answer to that question. Um, but it was, should the Broncos expand the ring of fame? Should they do that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. I think it goes without saying. Yeah. All right. You have guys. Oh no, we're not done. We have, because you have guys who aren't in, who should be in Steve Foley, Lyle Alzado. I will pound the table for Lyle Alzado forever because I don't think you can have a ring of fame without him. And I think we need to get over these stupid grudges. It's been 
over 40 years since he played for the Broncos. Probably close to that amount of time since he's been dead. Let it go. He was instrumental to the first success of this franchise. You know, I, I got another thing to say about Lyle Alzado. And if, and if anybody has ever um, sort of watched any of the documentaries on that 77 Orange Crush defense and, and heard some of the things that guys like Tom Jackson had to say about Lyle Alzado, uh, you know how important he was to the, to the franchise as it was becoming the Denver Broncos that we know and love. That is not the only reason why there shouldn't be a grudge held against Lyle Alzado. Lyle Alzado's grudge against the Denver Broncos is totally legitimate, in my opinion. It, or it was. He no longer holds a grudge. There's some reasons for He's that. He's not holding anything. He's not holding anything anymore. But the, <laughs> the, the, the way the Denver Broncos treated Lyle Alzado was disappointing, to say the least, right? Uh, as important as he was to the defense... They were afraid they couldn't control him, so what did they do? They traded him not to the Raiders, but to Cleveland. So the Broncos got rid of Lyle Alzado. The Broncos said, we no longer require your services, even though you were instrumental to us becoming who we are. We are going to say uh, goodbye. And they didn't really do it in a very uh, positive manner. Now, obviously management changes over the years. I'm not blaming anybody who's currently with the franchise. That has nothing to do with this. But ignoring Lyle Alzado because you're mad at him for going and playing for the Raiders, the the Denver Broncos allowed that to happen. The Denver Broncos created that scenario by getting rid of Lyle Alzado. So am I disappointed he chose the Raiders eventually and, and became – just an absolute terror that the Broncos had to deal with for a number of years. Yeah, that's disappointing. And as a fan, when he played for the Raiders, I didn't like the guy. But if you look at the history of the franchise and you do as, as you said, Ian, and you ignore the grudge or you get rid of this old grudge, what you realize is he really does deserve a place on the ring of fame. And it's, it's a travesty to continue to ignore the value that he had. I mean, there's, there are guys in the ring of fame that you look at it and go, I guess so. Or, uh, or why, why is always a good one. We've always, you and I have always been sort of, uh, the ones I, and I know that we're not the only ones, but I think there is a minority of fans who question John Lynch being allowed in the ring of fame. Um, I, Great, great player, wonderful, uh, wonderful guy. I have no problem with John Lynch. It was just always, it always felt a little weird. Why him, but not a guy like Lyle Alzado? I, I think that's a legitimate question and, and certainly a reason to ask uh, and, and posit the question as to why don't we just expand the ring of fame? Steve Foley's another one. How is he the, the, the leader in interceptions for the franchise, but not on the ring of fame? I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So uh, those are some guys that, that we always talk about. And the other guy that we talk about a more recent player, obviously is DeMarcus Ware. And that goes more into the rules or the guidelines to being allowed in the ring of fame than it does into um, whether or not he's worthy. If you don't think DeMarcus Ware is worthy of ring of fameness, is that right? How would you say that? Ring of fameness? eligibility sure I like that I mean that's if you want to use real words that's fine I guess <laughs> but he is he's 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 eligible he's worthy but he's not eligible because he didn't play enough years 
Really? That's... We don't... I mean, if I say DeMarcus Ware and the Denver Broncos, what do you think of? Just Super Bowl 50. Super Bowl 50. Do you think the Broncos win Super Bowl 50 without DeMarcus Ware? No. I agree. And Von Miller doesn't win Super Bowl MVP. Von Miller isn't Von Miller. Von Miller is Von Miller because of DeMarcus Ware signing with the Denver Broncos. And I think that's... Let me before I finish that thought to Lyle Alzado, it's not just the success that Lyle Alzado had on the field. It's also what he did off the field. He was incredible to the community in Denver, up in Fort Collins, around Colorado. He was massive to what he did to help people when he played for the Denver Broncos. He was instrumental in making Broncos country, Broncos country. They do not have the success they have in 1977-78 without Lyle Alzado. You cannot ignore that. And it, it just, it needs to stop. The, just ignoring this or saying it's a grudge or saying it's because he played for the Raiders or whatever it is, both sides are equal in the split. Lyle Alzado for his personality and the way he played. The Broncos for the way they treated him and trading him to the Cleveland Browns. Take ownership of it, but also recognize the fact the Broncos aren't the Broncos without Lyle Alzado. You cannot have a ring of fame and not have him in it. And that goes for DeMarcus Ware too. If you're going to put John Lynch into the ring of fame, you have to put DeMarcus Ware. Better outcome. It's not so. It's not so much about it, it. He's he has everything that you would want. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best to ever do it. The Broncos don't win Super Bowl Fifty without him, and without him, Von Miller doesn't become Von Miller. Take away this arbitrary number that Joe Ellis created, not anybody else. Joe Ellis created this number. It's another reason to ignore and remove everything Joe Ellis did to this franchise. Remove the now the eligibility of what did they do on the field? Is that worthy enough? We're not going to put this arbitrary number on it. I I like that it also eliminates one more thing that Joe Ellis did because I hate Joe Ellis as you hate Joe Ellis. And so it's like, that's a win-win right there. I mean, if we if if we could find a better win-win, I I, I challenge you to do it, uh, because anything that removes a little bit of Joe Ellis from the Denver Broncos and their history, uh, I I'm all for. It, it it is really interesting. You know, the other sort of story that came out, you know, recently that sort of goes along with this, but on a higher level, is. Rod Smith and his candidacy for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, or or lack thereof, and he actually uh, made mention of this in the media uh, and talked about how he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. How Rod Smith uh, believes he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he he doesn't get the vote, uh, and, and the reason for that is because why? Well, I I can think of a couple of reasons, and and the the obvious one that always pops into our heads is is that he played in Denver, and that has always been a, a stigma. Although in recent years it's been tough to hang on to that, 
because of how many it's guys. It's a little better. It's gotten a little bit. It has. And, and the acknowledgement of that is important. But there are still players who deserve to be in that have been lost to time, a la Randy Gratishar, who we have talked a ton about and is more than deserving. Louis Wright, uh, one of the greatest cornerbacks in history, who doesn't get the credit nationally that we believe he deserves. And and I, I his ship has probably sailed. Uh, Randy Gratishar's is 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 getting ready to dip over the horizon and disappear. Uh, and, and hopefully that doesn't happen, but it's, it's on its way. Carl Mecklenburg is another guy who somehow just doesn't get the national recognition, but Rod Smith is an interesting study for me in looking at this because Rod Smith has obviously, uh, comparable numbers to guys that are in the hall of fame. I think that, that that's something that you can definitely do. The one thing that he also has that I don't think any of these other guys actually have is a status that is really difficult to overcome. And that is the status as an, as an undrafted free agent wasn't touted coming out of, um, you know, what wasn't touted coming out of college. He was, uh, not somebody yeah, he who wasn't anything. He wasn't anything. College. Yeah, he absolutely wasn't. And, and he turned himself along with, you know, the coaches and, and Mike Shanahan's offense. He turned himself into not just a really good wide receiver, but an indispensable one. And he and, and Eddie McCaffrey created a, a tandem, a duo that was integral to Terrell Davis reaching 2,000 yards in a season because of the ways that they blocked downfield, the ways that they expanded the, you know, the defense so that you couldn't just focus on TD. There were things that Rod Smith did that were incredible. His first catch is is myth it's mythological it's legendary it's a it's a touchdown catch to win a game against the washington then redskins now what are they now the commanders we're still going with that all right whatever command which is probably going to change again yeah change it i don't care whatever you want i kind of liked red hawks i I, or red tails i'd take red tails red tail red Red tails is the one yeah I'd be fine with washington football team i kind of liked that and i'm i'm definitely in the minority there but I kind of like, yeah, or the hogs. Call yourself the hogs. Name yourself after your famous offensive something. But commanders, what are we doing? I don't know. Anyway, shout out to my little brother who made commander in the Navy. That's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> see how I tied that in? That was fun. Rod Smith deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. And I, and I know you agree with that. Oh, I mean, he's one of the best receivers to ever play the game. He has numbers that are comparable to Michael Irvin and Jerry Rice. Those are I, those are solid, so, so, solid numbers. I I mean, everything. He could do everything as a receiver. He could catch touchdowns. He could run routes deep. He was a possession receiver on third down. You needed a big play. John Elliott was going to go to him. You needed a big block. He was going to give it. Rod Smith did everything. You know what else he did that I used to love? Remember when Shanahan would send him back to return punts? He did that too. And, yeah. and I don't know how many punt returns he had for touchdowns, but he had, he had a few and I used to love watching him run, run punts back. Cause he just put the ball in that one hand and he would just run. It was like the worst form ever, but, but he did whatever it was that was asked of him and required of him to make his team better. And in doing so, he was a, a huge part of back-to-back championships he was a, a major player for the Denver Broncos 
beyond John Elway's career. He was one of the best receivers in Denver when Brian Greasy was the quarterback and when Jake Plummer was the quarterback. Ask Jake Plummer who he liked to throw the football to. I guarantee Rod Smith's name comes up. So it wasn't just that he was a product of Terrell Davis and John Elway. He succeeded beyond that era. And if you if you can succeed in the era of John Elway and Terrell Davis as a wide receiver, and then succeed beyond that era, along with the numbers you mentioned, wide receiver's weird, though. It's hard to get in as a wide receiver in the Hall of Fame. And I don't it understand is. why. It's, it's is a it? lot like safety. Yeah. I But I he's the best undrafted free agent to ever play in football. Period. End of discussion. Does that he include Chris best. Harris? Yes. Just want to make sure that we talk about Chris Harris there because he's also somebody who could find himself in this discussion who was an undrafted free agent. I, I think Chris Harris is one of those guys who falls into the hall of very good. I don't think he was Champ Bailey. I don't think he was Louis Wright. I don't think he was at that level. Didn't have he the was years. very good. Didn't have the years. But the Rod Smith thing also has another player who has recently ignored and discredited Tom Nalen, another guy who thrived with John Elway and Terrell Davis, but he was the anchor for that offense that created so many thousand-yard rushers. And I, both of them, I don't know how both of them – I don't want to get off into an emotional rant because it's I've done it before. We've been here. But both of them, both of them should be in the Hall of Fame because they don't win those Super Bowls without them. Tom Nalen was the anchor of that offensive line. Rod Smith was basically like, if he wasn't the the, the ignition or the key, he was the, the gas pedal. Yeah, I give you that. I kind of like that. He he wasn't the windshield wiper. I know that. That that doesn't make any sense. Dude, who would be the windshield wiper? Is that is that Elam? Is he the windshield wiper? Is that how that works? Because the kicking, because his leg. He moving. should be in the Hall of Fame too. He sh- he actually probably should. You're absolutely right. It's you know it's interesting when you go back and look at that team of the late '90s and early 2000s, and you think about actually even mid '90s, not all the way back to 90, 95, 94, 95. So a lot of those players were there. It is interesting to note how many of those guys have been ignored in NFL history, and there there's a little bit of a comparison there that can be made to the, the Broncos of the late 80s, mid to late 80s, that have only John Elway as a representative other than Steve Atwater. I guess Steve Atwater's in now. And then but Dennis oh, Smith isn't in. No Mecklenburg, Dennis. Dan Reeves. How do they miss on that? Simon Fletcher, I believe, has like uh, almost 100 sacks, no consideration whatsoever. I, I mean – well, he's almost ignored in Broncos history. Yeah, and we haven't think about it. How often do we talk about Simon Fletcher? Not enough. Not enough. Not he was enough. right there next to Carl Mecklenburg. The the two of them. I, could you imagine being a, a offensive coordinator and going, "Oh, we have to deal with Carl Mecklenburg and Simon Fletcher this week." That's that sounds like a really difficult task. Yet here we are talking about two guys that are completely ignored by the national media when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and just just talking about defenses in general. So uh, it is frustrating. And that goes all the way back to the 70s with the Orange Crush in the late 70s. And I'll go back even further. It's the reason it took so long for Floyd Little to get into the Hall of Fame, who was more than deserving when he retired from the game. It is an ongoing, it is a recurring theme with the Denver Broncos. It's 
Uh, I suppose one of those things that we get to gripe about. So, you know, everybody's got to have their thing they can gripe about. But it is something that that is an interesting phenomenon when it comes to looking at great players in NFL history and guys that get ignored. And I, I don't know what the answer is to it. I guess we could go on a massive like letter writing campaign. We kind of we kind of did that for Atwater. If you recall a few years ago when he got in, I would say a big or part TD of it. with those 30 reasons. Absolutely. I mean, we had we had a series that did that. We've done that for Randy Gratishar and it didn't quite work, but uh, you know, that's one of those things that if you're a, a Bronco fan and a historian who loves that kind of stuff, you should definitely be trying to to work for your your favorite players to get into the Hall of Fame cuz cuz why not? What else are you doing? It's not like you got work or anything. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Well, and it, that leads into the current iteration of the Denver Broncos, which just announced uh, the training camp schedule, which starts July 28th and runs to August 17th. Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of kind of fun to know that the, the schedule is up. If you're, a, if you're a, a, a frequent flyer, someone who goes to training camp a lot, uh, there are a couple of things you got to know. Number one, you have to have a ticket now. Uh, this is not the, the days of Greeley where you could just go sit on the hill like you and I used to do all, all the way back in the, in the day, 80s and 90s, when they, were, they would just drive up north and, and go to UNC. They're not doing that anymore. So you do have to have a ticket. The nice thing is tickets are free, uh, but there aren't a lot of them. I think the number is 3,000. So the capacity for fans uh, per, it says here on the Broncos website, each practice will feature a limited capacity of 3000 fans per Arapahoe County regulations. Are those new? When did those regulations yes. go into effect? Uh, and I wonder if the Denver Broncos must had have been this do, year. I wonder if the Denver Broncos had anything to do with that. I'm sure they did. Uh, but it's, it's good to know that you need a ticket and there, and there are, they are limited. So you'll have to jump on that. Yeah. I don't want to put my conspiracy or tinfoil hat on, but I'm guessing the Broncos didn't fight this new limitation of fans because this is also the organization that is now looking to enter these PSL things, the private seat license or whatever That's exactly, it's you, called. You got it. That's right. PSLs, private, private seat licensing. So I was talking with my wife before all of this, Obviously, Arapahoe County throwing this into effect. Okay. But are you starting to get the sense that this new ownership group is kind of anti-fan? Ooh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Anti-fan. Um, yeah. But not in a uh, not in the same way that you might think. Like I, I think, uh, for example, Dan Snyder as the owner of the Washington Commanders is anti-fan. I, I, I truly believe that. I, I think that there is, uh, and, and when I say anti-fan, I mean he doesn't care about the fans at all. There is no consideration for the fans whatsoever. That includes product on the field. I think that what you are seeing with this new ownership group, and we've seen it with the way that the press has sort of been locked down. Uh, you, you don't get the same updates from uh, minicamp that you used to get. Uh, you don't get the same leaks that you used to get. Wood, Wood, I haven't heard from Woody Page in months because Woody Page has no more uh, insider information. Uh, it, to me, it's more about uh, sort of a hidden way of doing business. And I have a feeling that's kind of the Walmart way. I don't get the impression that Walmart is out there just 
putting their business tactics on display. And the Walton Penner group is probably going to be similar in that way. So some of those hiding things like that, whereas you don't have as many people around, you don't allow people to you know, tweet out live reports from mini camp or from OTAs or whatever it may be. Training camp, I'm sure, will be restricted as well. That, that feels like a business model. That being said, the other thing that stands out to me about being anti-fan is more about being pro-profits. And yeah, when we come, that's the better way to say it. Yeah. And when you come back to it, sports is business and it doesn't matter what the sport is. Even amateur sports is big business. The, the Olympics is amateur sports, big business NCAA amateur sports, big business. It's, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's the way of the, the world. And so it's not necessarily anti-fan. I think it is just pro-profit. And the more money you can make, the better off you think you're going to be. The hope that I think we carry into this as fans is that if you're gonna if you're gonna make this about profits, or if you're gonna if you're gonna create a situation where it's it's mostly about profits, don't just make it so that you can make as much money as you can off of this cash cow and walk away. Put a winner on the field for us. Do what you can to give us a winner. And and I will say that that's pro fan creating a winner is pro fan. Would you say Bob Kraft is pro fan? I would. I would also say he's pro profits because he puts he's a winner on the, the happy ending, but he, he loves a good happy ending, you know, and, and winning Super Bowls is a happy ending, but they're not the only ones. So just, I, I didn't expect us to make that joke today, I, I, but I, I would say, and you, you bring up a good point. It feels anti fan right now. In, in some ways, when you look at the way that they're doing business, it feels anti-fan. And I can only say that I hope that that anti-fanness is really geared towards creating a winner. So that as I'm sitting at home watching, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get YouTube TV or whatever it is and get the, the NFL Sunday ticket this year, which I've never done before because uh, I didn't want to have direct TV. Uh, you know, as I'm sitting at home watching the Broncos, I can be happy with what I'm seeing on the field. And then I probably won't be as upset about it just being pro profits, but I could be wrong about that. The thing that I, I'll, I'll just end this by saying I, I'm my concern, and I've said this before with the PSLs and the new stadium, I'm concerned that this ownership group is going to price out some of the fans. And we've seen that with the new stadium the one that they're currently in when they get from old mile high to then in Vesco field and the South stands, those fans got priced out. The culture changed in that part of the stadium. It was completely different from the old stadium to the new stadium. Now we're starting to see that a little bit more with these PSLs. You're going to price out some of the fans that are Broncos fans. Now the tickets are free for training camp, but you're now putting a limitation on it. Some people are not going to be able to go to training camp now, whether that's because of Arapahoe County, the Broncos pushing for it, not really fighting it. It's going to have an impact. Some kids aren't going to be able to go and see training camp now that they otherwise would have. If you bring in PSLs, you're going to, you're going to price out, some families who aren't going to be able to have that expense, whether they're flying into Denver 
or they're in Denver or in Colorado and they're having to pay the ticket price, the PSL, they're going to have to pay for uh, concessions, parking, whether they park at the stadium or ride RTD, whatever it is, that's my concern with all of this. And I don't think that it's been talked about or think or, or discussed. And it needs to be because what Broncos country is, is an entirety of the fan base. It's not just the rich ones. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.